0: everyone you're listening to Ed Young Radio Ed Pastor's Fellowship Church and we want to thank you for listening with us These next few minutes together can change your life and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com Enjoy the message The book of Revelation is a very compelling yet confusing book if someone says oh i understand Revelation you're talking to someone who doesn't because it's mysterious It's factual, yet it's very allegorical, very symbolic, and it's hard to know exactly what's going to take place. That's why I've been doing sort of a panoramic photograph of the book. I love the panoramic feature on my phone, yet it's sad to say I rarely use it, and it's difficult when you scroll through pictures to actually appreciate the panoramic view. But I still like saying, oh yeah, I've got the panoramic feature on my phone, and most people do. When it comes to the book of Revelation, it's critical that those of us who are believers, and I know we have others who are not believers, but it's critical for those of us who are believers to understand the fact, and I've been talking about this a lot, that we win, that's huge, and the book of Revelation talks about that. And number two, that we will get blessed when we study the book of Revelation. It doesn't say when we understand it. The Bible says when we study it, when we read it. As I alluded to in one of the sessions, I took theology in seminary from a gentleman by the name of Dr. L. Russ Bush. And Dr. Bush talked about the theology, the beauty of children's books. And he used children's books because children's books usually end and they lived happily ever after. They usually end with that sort of ending. And Dr. Bush said, We're made for that ending. We're made. Everyone is made to live happily ever after. You know those batteries, Ever Ready? I love those things. I like that name, Ever Ready. Are you ready for everlasting life? All of us are gonna live, the Bible says. Every single person will exist either in one of two places. Either we'll live together forever with Jesus, or will live apart from Jesus. With Jesus is a place called heaven. Apart from Jesus is a place called hell. And invariably, people always say, well, I have problems with God. How can a good God hurl man to hell? God doesn't hurl or slam dunk anyone to hell. We make that choice. As we've learned through the book of Revelation, hell was not designed for man. Hell was designed for the devil And the demons. So, if someone goes to hell, sadly, because our church is so massive, we have so many people watching, so many people involved. I'm sure some of you will end up going to hell, but you'll go against God's agenda. But because of the fact that we have a choice, God says to you, and He says to me at the end of the life, at the end of our existence, hey, you know what? you wanted to keep distance from me on planet earth and you did that, you did a good job, you will have that in eternity. Hell. So hell is real. Hell is real. People ask me sometimes, do you believe in hell? Hell, yes, I believe in hell because hell is a real place. Do I know exactly what hell is going to be like? No, but it's away from the presence of God. I heard someone say one time, hell is a place where you can do anything and everything you've always wanted to do alone. The Bible calls it a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's, the, that's utter remorse. That's, that's forever. Talking about ever ready, forever. You're, you're just, ah! You had an opportunity to give your life to Christ, but you blew it. You let intellect get in the way. You let philosophy get in the way. You let your own sovereignty get in the way. And you, and you missed it. It's like you're playing golf and, and, and you're on the 18th. And you know if you make this putt, you're going to win a couple hundred dollars because you and your golfing buddies, you know, gamble a little bit on the golf course. And you push it to the right. You go, oh, ha, 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 like that. Or maybe you're fishing, which is a biblical sport, and you, and you set the hook on a big bass, and he jumps out of the water, and you're like, oh, it's a personal bass. It's a 13-pounder, and he shakes the bucket head, and the worm just dribbles out of his mouth. You know? Or you go, I'm going to invest in that. So you put some money in that. Oh, it's slam dunk, and your friends go, I'm telling you, you'll make a lot of money. And the stock goes, that's gnashing of teeth. That's gnashing of teeth. But this is a forever feeling of gnashing of teeth, of weeping. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse eleven, that God has set eternity in our hearts. Have you ever wondered why we like all these movies? And of course we like movies that have a good ending and they lived happily ever after. We like books, you know, that 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 have a good ending. How many times have you I've done this, I've been watching a movie, it's so intense I will sometimes fast forward and watch the end to go. Or if I'm reading a book, I'll do the same thing. You know, you you like that. But when something does not have a good ending, it's like, "Mm," it just kind of sets me off. So God wants all of us to live happily ever after and ever after is a long, long time. So the question that the book of Revelation answers And, you know, we've done this song, the Revelation song. It talks about what was and what is and what is to come. Well, that's straight from the book of Revelation, and that outlines the book of Revelation. Chapter 1, chapter 2 and 3, and chapter 4 and following. So what is to come is chapter 4 and following. So I want to give you what most scholars, most people that have walked with God for a long time, I want to give you a basic timeline for the end of time. God has set eternity in our hearts. This is what, generally speaking, panoramic, you know, shot of what it's going to look like. This is not definitive. I mean, there's some subtleties that some people would debate but again, I'm hitting the high points that people would go, all right, yeah, that's in the book of Revelation. Here's how it plays out. Remember, though, Revelation is like a forest that can mess you up. There's so many trees. Don't get so caught up in looking at the trees. Oh, there's a sequoia tree. Oh, there's a pine tree. There's a dogwood. Don't, don't get so focused in on the trees that you miss the forest. That's what people do. That's how they get jacked up when they study Revelation. Remember... Revelation is about the end. It's supposed to be mysterious, yet there's a lot of applications. Let's talk about some of the things, and you'll notice this on your outline. The first thing I want to talk to you about is the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. Now, the scripture talks about this. Let me jump over a little bit to, to another book, 1 Thessalonians chapter four, another book that deals with eschatology, the study of last things, verses 16 and 18. It says, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. It's gonna be loud. Not quiet, a loud command. With the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Why will the dead in Christ rise first? They need a six-foot head start. <laughs> after that, <laughs> after that, we who are still alive, okay, and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds, and the word clouds there, write the word glory. Glory. Anytime the Bible uses clouds, referring to Jesus, talking about glory. In the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, this is going to be crazy, isn't it? We will be with him forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. This is not a doggy downer study. Revelation like, oh no, all this mayhem and madness. No, it should be an encouragement. It should be like, whoa. And it's not just about informing you, I want God, and he's going to do it, and he's doing it now, to conform you into the image of Christ. When will the rapture take place? In other words, the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says, and, and that was measured by, by some scientists or some physicists or whatever, it's one one-thousandth of a second. Boom, we're out of here. The instantaneous snatching away of those of us in Christ. So those of us who are believers, one day, boom, we're out of here, Jack. Conversations will end in mid-sentence. And a big triple seven's flying. The pilot will look over to the co-pilot. All he'll see is a seat. A mother will walk into the nursery to pick up the newborn. The newborn will be gone. A boardroom will be half full. People will go from here to there, from here there, And what's going to be funny is to see everyone on planet Earth try to explain what's happened. It will be absolutely hilarious, all of the blogs and all of the posts and all the Snapchats and all of the talking heads. But they will not understand the rapture of the church. Then you have the seven-year tribulation. Three and a half years of peace, three and a half years of craziness, the Antichrist will emerge. And people say, well, maybe it's one of the presidents. No, no disrespect. They're not smart enough, good looking enough, or articulate enough to be the Antichrist. I don't, I don't believe that, but someone's gonna rise up. One world government, one world currency. We'll have the mark of the beast, some sort of a chip already I have chips in my animals and you can track them. And it's scary how, you know, we're tracked by everybody from the IRS to the NSA to whoever, whatever it's, it's, it's nuts. So we're right there. All that's going to be taking place. Then at the end of seven years, Jesus will come back with all of us. And when he comes back with all of us, you've got the giant war. You've got Armageddon. It'll happen in the Valley of Megiddo. And I've been right there. I've seen it. Napoleon called this battle site, the most natural battle site in the world. Blood will run three feet deep. It's it's, going to be, it's going to be just, just uh, absolutely, um, epic. It's going to be mayhem, crazy. And then of course you have the 1000 year reign new heaven and new earth, then Satan is finally thrown into the fire. We all say, hell yes, he's going to hell. That's where, where he belongs. And that is the name of that. So that's a basic timeline. You got people, different theologians, a lot of bright people. Some are pre Others are post Others are pan It all will pan out in the end. Others are pre-trib, post-trib, millennialist. Don't worry about it. The good news is we win. The good news is he's coming back. And I believe that we'll be out of here before all this happens. But you can imagine you remove God. You remove the church from the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Utter and complete mayhem. So what will happen? Basically, here's what's going to happen. Things that have been out of place will be back in place. All of us have a certain place for things, even though some of us are a messy. There's a book called, Are You a Messy? Did you know that? Are you a messy? And some people are messy. That's okay. But you know, even if you're a messy, it's not called you're a messy, a messy. If you are a messy, things still, I mean, you just you want to have a certain place for things. Even messies have places for things, even though they're messy. Some people are obsessive compulsive and, and they like things just, I mean, you know, every, all the shirts and the shoes and whatever, everything in order. But we know that certain things, right, have their place in life. I believe, again, that desire was given to us by God. So, so when, when this happens, things will be back in place. The church will be back where it should be, the bride of Christ, Right? The devil will be where he should be, boom, in hell. And Jesus will be on the throne, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's that's something that we need to to, to see. But I I don't know, as as I I look around the world today, I see so much and, and so many things that point to the rapture of the church. I really do. I think about like drug usage, Drug arrests are up like over 400% since 1970. Drugs. You think about sexual promiscuity. 20 million new cases of sexually transmitted diseases are reported each and every year. Out of wedlock births. Deaths from SUVs. deaths from SUVs. <laughs> That's probably true, too. Deaths from STDs. That's unbelievable. It really, really is. Then you think about the political climate. I mean, who are you, you going to vote for? It's almost like, would I rather get shot or stabbed? You know? Yeah. So, a theft. Thank you. A theft occurs every 14. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, a theft occurs every 14.6 seconds. Increased violence. You have all these people running around. All these people from, from, from ISIS and al-Qaeda and doing this and that, and, and, and they're all about murder, all about this, and yet the, the Muslim leaders will not even come up and denounce them? I mean, evil is rampant in our world today. In our own leaders, they just kind of let it happen. They just, they just let it go. So the end times, I believe, is, is definitely approaching as we look. We see the stages set, for a charismatic world leader. The stage is set for a one world religion, one one currency. The stage is set for the mark of the beast. So here's some things because of this that I need to apply and, and take home from this. So I've got the rapture. I mean, rapture, okay. What, what does that mean to me? I've got the tribulation. Okay, what does that mean to me? I've got, I've got the second coming of Jesus. You know, I've got the 1,000 years, and then I've got the, 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 final, the final judgment. Well, well, what does that mean to me? Several things. It should lead to hope. We want hope in this world. We have hope in Christ. Because we have our eternity secure, we have hope in Christ. And the Bible tells you and me that even those of us who were Christ's followers will be judged. Now, I'm not talking about heaven or hell. If you're a believer, you're going to heaven. But the Bible does say we'll be held accountable regarding what we did with the opportunities, with the avenues, with the abilities that God has given us. So there will be tears in heaven. When we are judged, everything in our lives will be laid bare. It's like they'll be on these giant screens. Every thought, every act of anger, every moment of greed, materialism, envy, lust, everything will be right there in front of the brilliant blaze of God's glory. So that should motivate you and me to go, wow, and we're not perfect, but, but wow, what am I doing with my talent? What am I doing with my resources? What am I doing with my ability? God, look at some and go, you had such a, you had such a leadership gift, but you squandered it. Man, I, I gave you so many opportunities to make money. yet You spent it on yourself and this and that. And here your neighbor was lost and on their way to hell. And and, and I put you with them. You know, I, I, I had your paths intersect. What did you do with it? Yes, it should cause, it should cause a, a, a urgency, right? It should cause us to, to do that. And then to also realize too, when we think about this timeline, those without Jesus will go to hell. Now the Bible says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? Well, the last scene that those who are away from God will have before they go to hell is that of Jesus on his throne. But then it'll be too late. No deal-making, no second chance, no wheeling and dealing, no, my bad, no, well, now I got all my philosophical questions answered. Well, now I say, no, 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 no. Oh, well, I, I believe my biology teacher at a and or at University of Miami. Too late! It's too late. That's why urgency. But Christians, we should be the most positive, energetic, hopeful people around, so this should lead to hope. Number two, it should help us see the temporal versus the eternal. Obviously, matter matters. We're here, and we're in, and we're around this temporal place, and yes, one day there's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth and all that, yet we should have one eye on the temporal and the other eye on the eternal. Just like I said the other day, you know you're you're did, did you guys see the national championship? Unbelievable. One of the best games I've ever seen in my life. The guy that scored and the guy that passed the pass to the guy that scored. They did a brilliant job of clock management all the way down to the end. The time was melting off. He flipped the pass over to the guy. The guy shot it and when the ball was in the air, literally when it went through the net, game was over. Perfect. Time, management, clock, management. That is what we have to have. The clock is ticking. The time is melting. Don't so concentrate on the clock that you forget to play. Still take your shot. Still do your stuff. So we need to think about that. We need to think about, okay, when I face God, and I'm talking to believers now, when he judges me, and I love how people say, don't judge me, man. We can't judge anyone. We're not God. People say that because they don't like their stuff, you know, being confronted, their, their sin being pointed out. It has nothing to do with judgment. They're just convicted. Don't judge me. So we need to think about the judgment seat of God, how we have this time of accountability, this time before God. So we need to do the best with what God has given us and look at what God has given us. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So, the temporal versus the eternal. Everybody is going to live forever. That's why we want to take as many people possible with us to heaven. Number three, I want to challenge you, and this series should should make me challenge. This timeline should make everyone really have the energy to pray for others. We should pray for believers, and also we should pray for those people who don't know Christ personally. Pray those high risk prayers and our prayer journals. We should have names all the time of people that we see who don't know the Lord. When God puts someone on your heart, pray for them. When you see someone, pray for them. And as you pray for them, situations, opportunities will happen. And we pray because, I mean, we're, I mean, the clock is melting down. And the last thing that I want to suggest is it should be about change. Information is great, but this is about transformation. We do all of this because everybody is living in eternity. We do all of this because heaven is real and hell is real. That's why we do what we do. And that's why we have such an urgency. Jesus is coming back. Things that are out of place will be put back in place. will live forever and ever. But remember, what you're doing now affects your forever. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for the fact that we can study your word. Thank you for this amazing book of the reveal. And I ask God that those of us who are believers have a a new faith, a new vigor, a new focus, a new vision because of your timeline. I pray for those here who've never received you that you would make the decision, that you would take the step to say, Jesus, take control of my life. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional.